Hey, hey guys, what's up? Matt Hall from the Network Marketing Mastery Podcast. And today I'm gonna be sharing my top takeaways and doing a summary of section two of the Expert Secrets book, okay? So um, the the last video I did, the last live I did was a summary of section one, and that was creating your mass movement. Today, I'm gonna talk about creating belief. So this chapter of the book I found incredibly relevant for uh, you know, when you're doing presentations and you want to, uh, you want to be able to move people, right? Uh, so creating belief in somebody and, and finding where people have limiting beliefs and then reconstructing, breaking down those beliefs and building new beliefs in them uh, during a presentation is really, really a powerful, uh, powerful thing to learn how to do. So uh, one of the first things that that he shares, the first concepts that he shares in this section of the book is the big domino, which is basically this idea of when you're trying to move people and create new beliefs in people, oftentimes there's one big domino that if you can get the big domino to tip over, everything else will, will tip over as well or become irrelevant, right? And so he starts out the chapter by telling a story of an interaction that he had with Tim Ferriss. So he said, um, he, one time he was, let's see, he said he was, oh, he was watching a a speech of, uh, Tim talking about the four hour work week. And then a woman stood up and said, Hey, Tim, you seem to get so much done. What is it that you do all day? And he paused for a moment and gave an awkward half smile and said, if you watched my daily routine, you'd be bored out of your mind. That's actually the same for me, guys. You guys would be really bored if you knew my daily routine. Uh, he said, most people wake up every morning with a task list of a thousand things to do. They go through the day trying to knock down all these little things. I wake up every morning and I meditate. I drink tea or coffee. I go for a walk and maybe I read a book. He said, uh, he, said he might spend three or four weeks doing that and nothing else. My whole goal is to slow down and look around. Instead of looking for all the tasks that I could do, I try to identify the one big domino, the one thing that if I could knock that down, all the other dominoes would either fall down or become irrelevant. And this is the same concept that's taught in uh, in The One Thing, the book The One Thing. But it's also true for when you, so it's true for you in your life, think what's the one thing that if I did every day would, would knock off a bunch of other to-do items of mine or make them irrelevant, right? Um, and you can think that, ask the same question about your business, but it's also true when you're trying to influence people's beliefs, right? So he says, the first step to creating belief is figuring out the one thing you have to get someone to believe that will knock down all their other objections, make them irrelevant or disappear altogether. So that's the whole concept of section two of the book is is finding the one domino and then creating what's called an epiphany bridge, which is simply a story that he basically walks you through. He teaches you how to craft a story that will break down people's limiting beliefs and create a new belief in them. So uh, a few more things I wanted to share. Let's see. What I've found is that if you just sell something, it's not as strong and doesn't create the emotion you need to really cause action. If you want people to adopt a new concept and want to get their buy-in, you have to lead them to the answer, but you can't give it to them. They have to come up with the idea themselves. You plant the idea in their minds with a story, and if they 
come up with the answer, they will have sold themselves. The buying decision becomes theirs, not yours. When that happens, you don't have to sell them anything, right? And he talks about how this is accomplished through the epiphany bridge. And there's, there's the main, the main thing that your epiphany bridge story should do for people. So this is like, if you were getting up in a presentation, it's the story that you tell in the beginning, right? Um, is, was, is going to be your main epiphany bridge and you'll probably have several, but, um, it's the main, uh, it's the main emotional, if you think back to when you first started your business and what kind of caught your interest and when it clicked for you, it was probably because of an emotion that you felt, right? It probably wasn't that logically you were thinking, oh yeah, you know what? I think network marketing totally makes sense. Like it makes sense that you would, you know, make this, this. No, it was probably that you heard somebody tell their story of transformation and where they were and where they are now, right? And that created some kind of emotion in you. So the first step to somebody's belief conversion process is an emotional response. And then the logical connection comes later. So we typically, you know, we buy based off of emotion and then we justify based off logic, right? And it's the same thing when we're buying into ideas. And so if you, you know, when you're, when you're looking to influence people, the more stories you can tell, the more you can create emotion. And that's what he kind of maps out here. He says, the first aha moment created so much excitement for you that you started on a journey where you studied everything you could find about the topic. You started geeking out and going deep into the subject after that emotional, first emotional response. See, the, the problem is most of us, we, we forget that emotional response. And after we, we go and we study about the products, we study about the comp plan, we study all of the specifics. And then we think that that's what we need to go and share with people. And so we're trying to convince people with logic. Um, when really that's, that's what comes after you convince people with emotion, right? Um, so first step is to create the emotional connection and then it's fine to do logic. So, you know, when I, when I get up at the beginning of a presentation, uh, like I do share oftentimes science and stuff like that in our presentation in a duplicatable way where there's a handout and, and whatnot that other people could use, but the, that's not the hook. That's not where I start to really build belief. The belief in people comes from the story that you tell in the beginning. Um, okay, he says, but all the logical stuff that strengthened our own beliefs in the new opportunity will not help people buy unless they're all, they've already had that, the same initial emotional epiphany. Think about it. You didn't buy into the new opportunity because of all the logical techno babble you bought in because of some emotional response that happened before you geeked out. So this, this happened just the other day at a, at an event that we were teaching here at our house. We had this lady who, you know, we were presenting to a group, a home event here in our house. And this, this lady, there was, we could tell, I could tell she was feeling so much emotion. And before we ever got to, um, like all the technical, like how the products work. We, we weren't really even talking about that. Um, but at one point in the, in the, the event, she actually asked us if she could go and she could, um, go into our laundry room. So she went into our laundry room and made a call to her husband. And I heard her 
just just crying, just like crying on the phone to her husband, basically asking if, if she could buy a, a kit of our product. She had skipped ahead and she was already looking at all the kits and she was already like feeling all of this emotion. So before in before we even got to like science and, and the logical stuff, she had already made a commitment to buy based off just the stories that we were telling at the beginning of the event, right? So that's that's one experience I had recently where I was like, wow, this is this is so true. Uh, and it's been a shift for me because I used to, I'm not naturally a big storyteller. I used to always just be the person who was sharing stats and sharing facts and thinking that that's, that's what was going to convert people, um, thinking that that's what converted me. But looking back, it was actually first an emotional connection um, and later the logical. So how do you be an effective storyteller? That's the next section of this, this chapter. Um, And he said, have you noticed that two people can tell the same story with completely different outcomes? The first key to great storytelling, he says, is telling captivating stories uh, in with oversimplification. So people are used to digesting information at about a third grade level. This was really interesting. During the 2016 primary elections, a study looked at the speeches of the Republican candidates and ran them through the flesh Kincaid test that showed the grade level of their speech. Trump averaged a third to fourth grade level on each of his speeches, okay? While other candidates like Ted Cruz had a ninth grade level and both Ben Carson and Mike Huckabee were at an eighth grade level. Using big words may make you may, may make you feel smarter, but it, but it will not influence others. So one of the things you can do in your storytelling is oversimplify the language that you're using. And he gives an example. So he gives an example. He was involved in the launch of a of a ketone product, a, a product that gets you into ketosis. And so he gives this example um, that when he mentions the word ketosis. To, in, his sales, in the sales script that he created, he said, I watched as the audience zoned out. I discovered that if they don't know what a word means, they stop paying attention to everything you say afterwards. So I started using a kind of like bridge like this. The goal is to get, so this is, this is what, what he moved the script to. The goal is to get ketones into your body. Now, what are ketones? Well, they're kind of like millions of little motivated motivational speakers running through your body that give you energy and make you feel awesome, right? So that's one, one way that you can oversimplify is when you do bring out a technical term, mention, say, oh, it's kind of like this, and then give a really oversimplified version of, um, of what it's like. Anytime you're speaking or writing and you hit a friction point where some people may not understand what you're trying to convey, just say it's kind of like and related to something easy to understand. This keeps your, your stories simple, entertaining, and effective. Oversimplification is key. Uh, the next way to improve your storytelling is by adding in feelings. And this is where vulnerability is like one of the most powerful things that you can bring into your business. If you are willing in your presentations, in your live videos to your Facebook friends, in your marketing, if you're willing to get vulnerable, you're going to create beliefs in people, new beliefs, and be able to move people. Uh, He shares a a story of a scene from X-Men. So he says, there was a scene where young Magneto was taken to a Nazi concentration camp and they pulled him and his family into the gates. They noticed the metal fences around their compound started to move as he started to resist them. 
They wanted to see what his powers were, so they brought him into a very small room with a Nazi leader who wanted a demonstration of his powers. They also brought Magneto's mother into the room so they could use her as leverage to get him to do what they wanted. The leader points a gun at Magneto's mother and has him try to move a metal coin on the desk. He nervously tries to move the coin but isn't able, so the leader pulls the trigger and kills his mother. And then... You see a scene so powerful that without a single word being said, you actually feel the pain that Magneto is going through. You watch as his eyes shift from sadness to anger. He then uses his powers to crush a bell on the Nazi leader's desk. From there, he starts yelling and moving everything metal inside the room. He crushes the guards' helmets, instantly killing them, and then completely destroys everything in the room. And that's when he found his power. When you're watching the film, you're able to see all of this happen without any words. Without, or because we can see his face, we can experience the room, we hear the music, and we actually feel in some way Magneto's pain and suffering. That is the power of films. Now, most of us aren't producing films to sell our stuff, but we have to learn how to tell stories in a way that, that help others feel the same. Imagine if Magnino just came in and said something like, yeah, so when I was a kid, I was in a Nazi concentration camp and they wanted me to move a metal coin, but I wasn't able to do it. So they killed my mom. I was really mad. So I blew the whole place up, right? That wouldn't, that wouldn't work. That's not persuasive. And so the more emotion and description you bring into your storytelling, the better. Um, Okay. It's essential that, that I control their state. It's essential that you learn how to control people's state. And I do this by telling the story in a way that gets you to feel what I felt. So when I explain how I had my epiphany, you can experience the same epiphany. Okay? And he walks through, obviously I don't have time to walk you guys through the whole book, but he walks through so specifically how to craft your story. And so as you're reading the book, you're actually crafting your own epiphany bridge story through, uh, through the process. Uh, I'm not going to tell the the part of the the two heroes' journeys. I just don't have enough time to share all that. Uh, another thing that I found that I thought you guys would get a lot of benefit from is he talks about uh, helping people find their whys, and that's something that you know is really common that we do in network marketing is we help people find what their why is for building a business, right? To create that emotion. And um, this is an activity that actually uh, I remember learning kind of in the beginning of our business, but when you're helping somebody find their why, uh, ask them why about five or six times and keep drilling down. So an example is if someone tells you they want to lose weight, right? Ask why. They might say, well, because I want to be healthy. Why? Because I have three kids and I want to keep up with them. Why? (laughs) Because by 5 p.m. I'm completely out of energy and I just want to lie down. Why? Because I don't want people to think I'm a bad mom. Notice that the, that the first few reasons are almost always tied to status. That's something we talked about in the last video that I did, right? Why? Because I want my kids to know that I love them. Why? Because I never knew whether my mom, mom loved me. Boom, right? And you, you get deeper, you find the why. So uh, this is an activity that you can do when you're when you're helping people find their why for building the business or, or why they would want to use the products. And at first it seems kind of annoying to just be like, why, 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 why? Um, but you'll notice that the more whys you, you do, the more emotion people will, will bring into your conversations, right? Here's another example. Um, so let's say, th- let's say this is like a business 
example. So you're asking somebody why they want to make more money, right? Uh, so I can get a bigger house and my wife can quit her job. Why? So that I can provide a better life for my family. Why? Because my kids are in daycare and I really, li- I really think they should be home with their mom. Why? Because my definition of a successful family is having my wife stay home with my kids. Why is that important? Because my mom was home when I got home from school and I want that for my kids too. Why? Because people may think I'm a bad father if I can't provide this, this way for them. Again, another status, right? Why? Because I want my kids to love me and look up to me. So there it is again, right? So usually uh, at their core, people's real whys for doing anything are going to be tied to either love, feeling security, or status, right? Which is we talked a lot about in the last live video. Okay. Um, so he, he gives more examples of how to break down false patterns. And I love that he actually uses network marketing in his examples. So he says, step one is what false chain of belief might your potential customer have about your new opportunity? For example, if you're in network marketing or multi-level marketing, a false chain of belief might be something like, if I joined a network marketing or MLM program, I could lose my friends, right? Uh, Then step two is to figure out what experience they had in their lives that caused that false belief, right? So by asking them, you can get one time I joined an MLM, I tried to sign up my parents and they got mad, right? Step three is what is the false story they are telling themselves now that's creating doubt about your new opportunity? My story is that people have to bug friends and family to have success in network marketing, right? Step four is then for you to tell your epiphany bridge story. So once you understand that that's where their belief is held up, that's when you tell an epiphany bridge story. It can either be a personal story or a story of somebody else, right? Um, So here's the example. Uh, I also thought I had to give up friends if I joined an MLM, right? So you're relating to them. But then I learned that you can actually generate leads online. The internet is full of people who want to join my program so I can grow my team without involving my friends or family, right? So you tell them a story. Uh, If this were me, I'd tell a more specific story about how I recently interviewed a six-figure earner in our company who literally never once talked to family or friends about uh, our network marketing company. She built 100% using an Instagram account, okay? She built to a six-figure income only on Instagram, right? And that would be a, an epiphany bridge story to help somebody over that belief, right? So anytime you, you come across these limiting beliefs, ask yourself, what stories could I tell? And, and you're going to start over time. You're going to build this archive of stories. So anytime somebody has a limiting belief uh, around, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough influence or, you know, I don't have enough time. I have all of these stories in my mind that I've built up over the years to, to help people shift um, and have these, these epiphanies. Okay, well, I think, that's, I think that's it, guys. I think that's all I'm going to share for now. Um, actually, let me share one more thing. So usually people's, people's core beliefs, their, their false beliefs that you kind of need to tip over with the big domino, right? Are they're either going to have a doubt in the vehicle, they're going to have a doubt internally about themselves, or they're going to have an external belief. So it could be, you know, maybe they have doubts about network marketing as a business model, right? Uh, maybe if it's an internal belief, maybe it's that they don't believe that they themselves have enough time or have enough, uh, have enough contacts or, or whatnot, an external belief would be something like, 
I don't have, um, like, like I'm dependent on, on other people building the business for me to have success, right? And so those are the main three things that you're going to want to build epiphany bridges around, okay? So that's it, guys. Uh, in the next live video about the book, I'll cover section three, which is about your moral obligation to sell. I hope you got benefit from watching today. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Hey, thank you for listening to today's episode. Now, before you listen to anything else, I want to invite you to hit pause and write or call at least one person right now. Maybe it's someone that you need to invite to an event. Maybe it's a follow-up you need to do. Maybe it's just a builder that you want to let know that you're thinking about them, okay? But do something right now that will have an influence on your business. Hit pause, do it right now before you listen to anything else, and then have an amazing day. Bye, guys.